Well, I heard this story this week. Many, I don't know if any of you heard it, but there was a woman in Virginia this year named Jessica Vincent who was at a Goodwill, and she saw a glass vase for $3.99, and she thought, I like that vase. I, I feel like that is maybe worth more than $3.99. And she bought it. And it turned out that it was the design of this famous deceased Italian architect and designer, uh, Carlos Scarpa. I didn't know him. But he's, he's, he's been gone for a few decades. But he was a like, world-class designer and architect. And she sold this vase this year. It went, at auction, it sold for $107,000. Yeah, so go to Goodwill. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's her, yeah. That's the one who, who founded at Goodwill. That's, that's Jessica Vincent. So Merry Christmas. But there's two sides to that story, right? Like there's the person who found the vase and saw that it was more valuable than what others had esteemed it as being. But then... There's the other person who owned it and didn't know what they had, right? And didn't value it and just chucked it to goodwill. And that is so often the way it is with the things of God and with, with Christ. And what we're celebrating at Christmas is that this is what God has given us is of infinite value and worth. And... It's so easy for us to not realize what has been put in front of us, what has been offered to us. For those of us who are believers in Jesus, what is in us, actually, and to, to, to not have an appreciation of that. I, we do this so often. I did this in a, in a funny way this year. Some of you were at my house last night or been at our house. Our, our street does this thing where you string Christmas lights over trees and all, all down the street. It's a, kind of a magical look. But the way you do it is you take a baseball or a softball and you take a, an, a screw with an eyelet on the end of it, you screw it into the ball and you take twine and you run it through that and you throw it over the branches and then you can just hoist the strings up and get them high and cut them down at the end without having to risk your life and limb. But the, the key to this whole thing is that tiny little screw with an eyelet on the end. And I'm always like, oh, I, sh you know, I think I've got, I hope I have one left because they disappear, they get caught in, in branches, they get pulled out. And so this year I found my, my ball and it had one eyelet left in it. And so as I was stringing it up, I was like, oh man, be careful. And then sure enough, at one place, it, it came off the ball. It was way up high in the, in the tree. And I spent like 30 minutes like figuring out a way with ladders and an a extension rake to like pull that thing down and rescue it and get it back. And so that I had it. But then two days ago, I was in my garage looking for a screw. And I was like, oh, I got another one of those things right here, laying right there. I had it the whole time. And then a minute later, oh, actually, there's a package with like three more. And then like, oh, there's another package. I got, I got like eight of these things. And I got way more than I realized I had. And you know, so often, that's, that's how we are. Christ has, has given us something. But we don't, we don't realize what we got. And that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. Um, Christ has, has made himself and the riches beyond imagination available to us. 
But if our mind is not set properly, we do not experience any of that. Even if we have trusted in him, but if, we're not, if our mindset is not in the right place, then it's of no good to us. And so the, the title of this message is The Christmas Mindset. A Christmas Mindset. And so how to set your mind. And by Christmas, just think of like those, some of you are Spanish speaking. This, we're going with the Spanish meaning of mas. All right? So like more Christ. All right? A more Christ mindset. That's what we're talking about. Like a mindset on more of Christ. And add the importance of that. And as we're, we're picking up, we've been going through the, the letter of Colossians this month, which is all about who Christ is and how he's, he's overall, he's to all, he's in all. And this chapter, we're going to look at the first 17 verses. We're going to just walk through and look at, it talks about the mindset, the Christmas mindset. So I'm just going to read through this and then you know, talk about some of the, the highlights here. So the first, first few verses. In verse 1, Colossians 3, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So there's an exhortation here. It's, hey, if you've been raised with Christ, if you've put your faith in Christ and he's raised you up with him, keep seeking him. Keep, set your mind on him um, because he's at the right hand of God. But it's important that we put our mind in that place. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died. Your old life has died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that's profound. What are all the things we're looking to for life? We're looking to to how we compare with someone else, or success, or finding a, a s- emotional satisfaction, or all the, all the things we're looking to, but say, hey, your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's where the things you're looking for are at, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. When he's revealed, then you will also be revealed. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago that Christ has come in us to make us fully who we were meant to be. And at the end of history, when Christ returns, when we see him, we will also be transformed to become fully who we were meant to be. To see him is to be changed. And as we see him now, that process happens in a, in a very real way as well. As he is revealed to us in this life, we are also transformed in that place. So first thing I want to point out here is that a Christmas mindset, a more Christ mindset is a choice. It's a choice. It's set your minds on things that are above. It's available, but it doesn't happen automatically. It's what do we choose to think about? Where do we set our minds? What are we, where, what are we thinking about? That is, that's a choice. I met a guy that's last week who Grew up Catholic, or his parents were Catholic, and then he was raised in a Jewish community, a Jewish religious experience, and after all that, he doesn't believe in God, so he goes to a universalist church and considers himself an agnostic. And so we had a beginning of a conversation, I, I hope to talk to him some more, but I thought about that, I was like, man, you have all this religious experience, 
but it hasn't done you any good. There is no experience of God that is helping you. And I was just thinking about how, how easy is that for us? Like, we can even be Christians, but we might as well be an agnostic. Because our ex- we're not living from a place of setting our mind on Christ and experiencing him. So, man, the, the power in that is like, hey, but there is a choice. It's not just like, wait till it zaps you. But what, where do we set our mind? Set your mind on him. Set our mind. And just think about even in the busyness of Christmas and the emotional, you know, different emotions that come in this season, how much it even seems like it takes more contra-normal force to set our mind on him sometimes. But, there is, but when we do, there's life that's found there. So it's a choice. Um, in the midst of our stresses, our distractions, our anxiety, our conflicts, our lack, look to him. Set our mind on him. Think about him. All right, we'll keep reading here. That, that's, our, that's our base. Verse 5, Therefore, treat the, treat the parts of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Think about all these things as clutter. Clutter in our soul, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed which amounts to idolatry. For it's because of these things that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also rid yourselves of all of them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech from your mouth. So Paul says, hey, set your mind on Christ. But then to do that, there's a lot of other stuff that's trying to get in the way. So the Christmas mindset is a choice, but it also easily gets blocked by clutter. And if we're going to have the benefit of more Christ, we have to deal with the clutter, whatever that looks like. You know, as we read those, that list, maybe for you were like, oh, man, sexual immorality, that's, that's my easy clutter. Or maybe it was greed. That's my natural clutter. But there's all the, the stuff that so easily gets in the way. I was thinking about this, also because I was in my garage, I think the same day when I found the eyelets, and I had this, got this just constant frustration in my house. Not constant, that's exaggerating. But I've got this great place for my toolbox in my garage. There's a, like a workbench kind of area, shelf area, and I've got my toolbox right there, and it's just like whenever I need a tool, I can just grab it. And, but inevitably, the dog kennel gets set on top, of the toolbox, and then, and or, an, an airsoft gun gets set on top of it. And so, what I oftentimes, I think I got a picture, is there a picture of that? Did I forget to share that? Oh, man, that was the best part of this message. Oh, there we go. So, there it is. And I find myself, what I'm often doing is, like, lifting the lid of this toolbox with this stuff still on top of it, and I'm, like, reaching in for that hammer, and actually, there are two levels in my toolbox, so sometimes it's like lifting up the top tray and then grabbing that mallet in the bottom part and then trying to get it in there and torquing my neck and my shoulder the whole time because the clutter gets in the way of that whole experience. And it's like, man, when I set those things down or when they're in a different place, it's just like, oh, that was, that was great. That's the way it should be. But that's how like, sin is. That's how all these distractions are. They get in the way of a Chris. Moss mindset. They get in the way of, of what God intends for us. Um, but, you know, the, 
the, again, the good news in this is like, hey, there's an answer. You can move the stupid dog kennel out of the way. There is this, this beautiful thing called repentance. It's how we enter the kingdom, is we turn from our sin and turn to Christ. But it's not just how we enter, but it's this lifestyle of continuing to say, oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, my heart has gone there again, but Lord, I repent of that. I turn away from that enmity towards this person. I give it to you. I turn away from it. And I'm going to declutter and let my soul be open. So, man, it's so powerful when we do that. By God's grace, we can, we can repent. He goes on in verse 9. Don't lie to one another since you stripped off the old self with its evil practices and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. A renewal in which there's no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. This, Paul's talking about, there's no distinction between these different categories or classes of people. And, you know, these are not categories or classes that we put ourselves into very much. You know, we're not checking to see if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, usually, or Scythian or barbarian, you know. But, but the, the equivalent, you know, these were very important social classes. Everything to do with your ethnicity, your nationality, your social status, your economic status. Were you a slave? Were you free? Were you a Scythian? Was there like barbarians and the Scythians were like the Tartars. They were like the Mongols and like the, the people in Mongolia and Ukraine. Like they were, or uh, Siberia. You know, they were like way out there. It's like the wild, crazy, untamed people. And so it was like, hey, all of that, like we, we, we compare ourselves to like other people and what neighborhood do they live in and what car do they drive and where are they at and what's, what's their nationality, what's their ethnicity. We take identity in all these things. But Paul says, hey, no, there's a new identity. The Christmas mentality is an all-encompassing identity. It supersedes every other identity. It doesn't really matter what your, what your family of origin is or your economic background or how that's all, like it affects your life, but there's something that supersedes all that. And that's finding our identity in Christ. And amazingly, that brings us all together to all these different people groups, all these different backgrounds where we find one family in Christ. Um, and so, you know, I was just thinking about that. And the question for us is, is there an identity that I'm looking to apart from Christ? Is there an identity that I've, when we all, you know, naturally do that and have done that, what's the identity where I tend to find, try to get my worth from? Maybe it's from being well-liked or being the class clown or being, you know, money is often the status. But whatever that is, okay, God, let me set that aside. Let the fact that I'm seated with you, you're, I'm yours, you're in me, I'm yours, that's my identity. May that be my true identity. The Christmas mindset's an all-encompassing identity. We're going on, verse 12. So as those who've been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility. Again, it's putting something on. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. 
Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. That was cool as we were singing, O Holy Night, that we're singing about the most sublime truths about the incarnation and who God is, who Jesus is, and how we encounter him and behold him. And then it, it flows right into that verse about truly he taught us to love one another. The slave is our brother. And really, that is the overflow of a Christmas mindset, is if, it's, if, if our mind is being reshaped, if we are finding our identity in Christ, if we are putting aside our old ways of thinking, our old ways of living, and putting on him, it's relational in its essence. It's, it's the, a Christmas mindset is relational. In essence, it's all about relationship. And it's reconciling people to God. It's reconciling people to one another. And making us people that actually love one another well. And, you know, there are times when, when that flows naturally and our hearts feel warm towards other people. And most of the time, that's not how I feel. And this past week, that was oftentimes not how I felt. And I was with my family more than normal this past week. And their problems seem to be more than they usually are. And that's, that's saying a lot. And I was just like, I don't want to like these people. I, I, I mean, I want to like these people, but I don't like these people. I, there's a lot in me right now that just is not, it's, it's not feeling natural. It's not feeling like, oh, man, it's the stuff in me that is not transformed is very much revealed right now. You all, all look all like so like you're not experiencing this in your own life. But I, I, know, I know your people, so I know what it's like. And, but I found myself just, you know, sometimes we feel that way, but it's, sometimes it's a choice. Many times it's a choice. Okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm putting it on your mindset. Would you change my heart? But, Lord, I'm going to choose to love this person as best I can right now. Help me in this place. And it's amazing how as we do that, that's, that's powerful. And God does something in us, and God builds powerful relationships in that place. So a little encouragement, maybe before you're seeing extended family. <laughs> you know, you might, might need to practice this just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we all, we all it shows where we, need, where we need Christ more. All right, verse 15, last section here. Let the peace of Christ, to which you are indeed called in one body, let that peace rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This language, as I read it, it just almost seems over the top. It's, you know, whenever I read places in the Bible where it's talking about singing all the time, I'm like, wow, this is, this is interesting. This is not how people normal live, normally live. It's like life's a musical, like walking around singing songs. But it says there's something... Like, as we set our mind on Christ, 
as we have more and more of a Christmas mindset, something happens. And there is a, there is the Christmas mindset overflows everywhere. There's an overflow that happens. I mean, we're looking at this, there's a thankfulness. There's a, it says the word of Christ richly dwelling within you. There's this like, oh man, it's, I'm thinking about God's word. And as I'm thinking about it, it's, it's taking up more and more space in my heart and my mind. And there's a nourishment that's happening. And then I'm, I'm talking to other people about what's going on inside of me. There's an overflow. I remember one of my uh, friends in college, there was a group of us who really God got a hold of our lives in powerful ways at the same time. And this friend, she, she became a new believer first semester of college. We were in the dorm together and got filled with the Holy Spirit soon after that. And I remember a couple of years later, we were having a conversation with, with some people. And she said, you know, what I, I tell people is there's just something about our community is that God is so real is that whenever we get together, just for lunch or driving somewhere or whatever, it, we don't, it doesn't, there's not like a, a religious leader who says, okay, now it's time to be spiritual. But at some point in the conversation, it just turns to what God's doing in our lives. Like, it just comes out. Like, wow, this is what God is saying. This is what God did in my life this week. This is how he's working. This is what he showed me. There's just, it becomes just like the, the air you breathe like the water that a fish swims in, it overflows. And that's true. Like that walking with Christ, like as, we, as you're a disciple and you meditate on him and you set your mind on him, it just kind of overflows and permeates every area of your life. Singing with thankfulness. Whatever, you know, I, as we were just worshiping this morning, I was like, man, this is, I don't know if I'll be able to talk this morning because God is so good. And the amazingness of Christ and coming to us, and it's just so good. And I feel, you know, most of my life isn't feeling that. But a lot of, but you know, a good chunk of my life is just feeling the, the power of God and the presence of God. And that's so, so good. And then whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's, you know, it's not, it's not just Sunday. It's not just Bible study. But the Christmas mindset is like every act, every hour, our work, our home, our friends, our family, all of that is spiritual. All of that is worship. All of that can be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as in him, as an offering to him. The Christmas mindset overflows everywhere. So, man, this, this, as we just are here this morning and as we're heading even into Christmas Eve tonight and Christmas tomorrow and the upcoming year, I want to encourage us to, you know, let's set our minds on Christ. Let's set our minds on Christ today, tomorrow. Maybe in a new way, looking at me, how do I need, maybe I need to, maybe that looks like making more space in my life to read the Bible and pray. Maybe that's, you know, some new, new ways of pausing. Maybe it's, you know, for all of us, it's just touching in with, with the Lord and turning our minds to Him more throughout the day. But let's set our minds on Him. Let's turn from the other things that we're looking to. Let's turn from the clutter. Doesn't that sound good? Like, you know, I mean, we got some clutter. You're like, oh, yeah, there's been some clutter in my mind. I can, I can get rid of that. I'm going to do that. Let's turn from that. Let's take on his identity. Let's take on the identity he's given us as his 
daughters, his sons, his beloved. Let's, let's take on his relational attributes. Mm, that's powerful. Let's let him shape us in our relationships. And let's let it overflow in all our lives. Let's let it overflow through all of our lives, the people around us, through our work, our vacation, our family, whatever that looks like. Let's, um, let's have a Christmas mindset.